how do we differentiate ourselves in the market by embedding our purpose into our unique value proposition? Is it guiding us to be the best form of ourselves or is it a purpose that anybody could have? Welcome to Purpose Driven Fintech. I'm your host, Monica Millares. I interview fintech founders, product leaders, and experts to uncover their stories, challenges, and lessons learned in building products with impact. To win the battle with financial stress and have social impact, we need to build products that solve real customer needs in a differentiated manner. In today's episode, I speak with Simon Clarkson, founder and consultant CMO at PurposeCraft. Simon is a C-level executive, corporate purpose expert, and strategic marketing expert. He has worked across FMCG, financial services, technology, media, and telecoms with clients like Lloyds Banking Group, Nike, and Terrafirma. He has led projects across EMEA, North America, and APAD. Simon helps companies develop and implement a clear, evidence-based strategic purpose while empowering functions to be catalysts for change and creators of customer value. In this episode, we go deep to understand what do we mean with purpose, its impact on company success, the governance to measure it, and how he successfully done this with a 9,000-people organization. We explore the role of purpose in fintech and discuss a framework you can use to define a clear strategic purpose to differentiate your product and fintech from your competitors. Hello, Simon. It is an pleasure having you on the show. Hello, Moni. It's lovely to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And it's my honor to have you here because this is the very first episode of the new podcast. And given that we're talking about purpose-driven fintech, like we had as a very first episode to kind of like deep dive, not in fintech, but in purpose, like what's purpose and what does that mean? So I thought you were the perfect person to talk about it. So it's my pleasure to have you here. Likewise. Thank you, Molly. Thank you. So let's start with why did you start PurposeCraft? Like, can you tell us a little bit about your journey and how did you get there? Absolutely. Well, it's a, it's an interesting story. The words we are on the right inspired me to start PurposeCraft. These were the words of the head of an organization of 9,000 people that I helped to find clarity of purpose a few years ago. And this clarity transformed their organization from silos that were created by multiple acquisitions over the years to a unified culture with a clear focus on its unique value in the world. And witnessing this transformation was truly inspiring. And it made me realize that many companies struggle with achieving this level of clarity and alignment to feel like they're on the right path. Most many, many companies really don't know what the right path is and they zig and they zag and they tack and they turn. And they often don't see anything wrong with that, but it can hold back their overall performance and adaptability and ultimately cause them to fail, particularly when they're faced with external pressures. And I founded PurposeCraft to enable all companies to achieve that kind of clarity to sustain their growth and resilience and to help them to develop and implement a clear strategic purpose. There's a lot in that answer. Like that is deep. <laughs> because like, yeah. yeah, it's like the first thing that I thought I was like, oh yeah, like to be on the, you know, on the right path. And it's sometimes you don't have to achieve so-and-so, the so-called success. You're not there yet, but you're on the right path, whether that's, that's right. personal or, or as a company. And then that makes a massive difference. And at That's the same right. time, you use words like direction, right? And it's like, and it's not that easy either, like to put all that together, like purpose and strategy coexisting in a company. 
Well, I mean, that's, I think that's, uh, that's, that's the big question. People have very different relationships to purpose in their personal lives and in, and in the business world. But I think the, you know, the evidence shows that the most successful companies are the ones that manage to marry purpose and strategy exactly. And the simple, the simple way of demystifying that is to think of purpose as unique to your company rather than a general cause. Mm. Every, com- every company has the opportunity to be the most valuable form of itself just as we as individuals have the opportunity to be the most valuable form of ourselves. And and either either you're deliberate about that or you're not. And so you can think of strategic purpose development as being the highest level of strategy of the company. It defines the value that the company brings to the world and it drives its strategic direction. It should determine its mission and strategic objectives. And by doing that, it will determine, you know, that what the best and for, best form of that company can possibly be and why, why that will develop value for others and why that will therefore be enriching for its employees. And so that's an exercise that some companies choose to go through and others either don't see the relevance or find it hard. Those that do and those that put that purpose driven strategy to the heart of their organizations, they overperform on productivity and growth and employee engagement and so on and so forth. And they're more adaptable to change and they find it easier to form and innovate. Why? Why is that? To do with clarity. So the studies show that when the company has identified a crystal clear idea of the value that it brings to the world, and that's real and based on its history and capabilities, there's two things about that. The first is employees and stakeholders actually believe it because it shows them that they're working for a special company. And most people want to feel that, right? Mm. There's 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 a difference between working for a good company that you feel and a company that you think, this company is going somewhere and I am a proud participant in this company and I'm not getting off this ship lightly. And that's, yeah. a, that's a distinct difference. And, and with that level of conviction, which comes from knowing that your company is committed to something special, comes with it, guess what? A two to three fold level of productivity compared to normal, just good companies. Wow. And secondly, because people are clear about that that uh, idea of the value the company brings to the world, not just to the, to the real the industry that it operates in, and because that's that's articulated in sufficient detail for people to understand what that means for the mission, the strategic objectives, and the value values of the company, they can go ahead and execute in their different domains, even in a really complex organisation, and know that they're being accurate to the strategy of the company. And it's the difference between having ambiguity and a clear set a clear set of rails if you like. Mm-hmm. So what then would be the, I guess, like the purpose of your company, the purpose of Purposecraft? And which problem are you solving out of all these big puzzles? Yeah, well, it might come as a surprise, but maybe not from what I've just said. Many companies are actually not clear on their purpose. I could give a statistic to that. A, a, a very large-scale survey of, of 2,000 CEOs a couple of years ago showed that 93% of CEOs could not articulate why their company is in business or what problem oh, wow. it exists to, or how that fits with the firm's history and capabilities. Can you imagine how that helps employee clarity and productivity. So yes. uh, it's a, criti- it's a critical <laughs> yeah. problem because we need companies to be resilient and successful. But, but when companies don't have a purpose, it's often because, well, sometimes they can be very purposeful, but they're married to a wider industry cause. You could say that that's the case in fintech. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a mm-hmm. move towards improvement of financial inclusion and accessibility and transparency and yeah. 
but companies themselves may lack, a, may in some cases lack a certain clarity as to what makes them special and what, what special particular role they're playing. Other companies don't care about purpose at all in the sense that we might be talking about. They, they focus on a product. And the problem with products is they run out of life, as you know, as a product specialist. You know, products have a life cycle and the company needs to know what comes next. And how no, that's going to yes. be continuous with the value creation of the company. So it's going to build up its reputation and capabilities and experience curve such that it continues to accrue value that compounds itself. And that's what purpose does. When they don't have that, companies tend to run out of steam after the product life cycle. And if their industry gets disrupted, you know, they can find themselves just not knowing what their role is and what their business model is anymore. And that's mm. a problem. That's and a that's problem because it sinks. And absolutely. And that has a that has a disastrous impact on the economy and on society, right? And all those positive opportunities that companies offer, they're threatened, they evaporate. So meanwhile, research shows that companies with a clear strategic purpose consistently outperform their peers in growth, productivity, innovation, transformation. But it's not easy to do, especially when a company becomes more, more mature because an, an organization that has many employees and many stakeholders and a diverse set of leaders, different viewpoints, it can be hard to go through that exercise of excavating your purpose. Certainly not impossible because that's how I started this journey day with a company of 9,000 people and around 10 acquired mm -hmm. companies, all with their big egos and you know, lots of you know, all individual cultures. And, but there has to be a motivator in doing it. So this is where Purpose Craft comes in. We, we're dedicated to doing this. We specialize in helping companies to develop and implement a clear evidence-based purpose that powers growth and transformation and, and enables them to focus on the impact that they're best able to make. And the reason I mentioned evidence-based just there, in case you're wondering, it's because there is a track record of, of work in this space that is done in the name of purpose and it's, it's often not done with any substance. So most, most purpose initiatives don't stick, don't work because in spite of the importance of the company having a clear strategic purpose, focus is given instead to purposes that are more like a campaign or an employee morale boost, but that are, that are treated more like a creative exercise than a genuine excavation of the opportunity for the company based on what it deserves, deserves to achieve. So, so evidence is important in persuading people that the purpose is real and the company's committed to it. Yes, probably it's the first time that I use a word, that, that I hear the word evidence within the definition of a crafting a purpose strategy. Yeah, cool. Yes. So, yeah. So if we step back a little bit, what's your definition of purpose in the context of an organization? So company purpose refers to, refers to the value that a company, a company brings to the world. So we, so I'll, I'll, you know, we're, we're talking about company purpose, not personal purpose. So, so I'll, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll focus my definition on that and we can relate that to personal purpose in the sense that, you know, a company is just a bunch of people at the end of the day trying to find a way forward. Right. And so one of the vital inputs to a company purpose is the personal purposes of the individuals working for the company, not least those that lead it, but everybody that works for it. The company purpose is a very particular thing. It's, it's the thing, it's, it is the unique opportunity for that company to bring the most value it can to the world and for that, and for that value to be important, lacking elsewhere. So it's a novel kind of value. There's usually an insight behind it. And that determination to bring that value to solve a problem or to add something that was missing beyond the industry. This is an important qualification of the purpose. That, that sense of value and the belief that the company has the, the optimum 
capabilities and profile to fulfill that value that drives its strategic direction and contributes to its sustained sustained growth and resilience and profitability. So well-defined and implemented purpose is the foundation for its growth and boosting customer value and increasing employee productivity and enabling transformation. Just because then I was going to ask, but I think you kind of answered half of the question already, that I was like, hey, what's the relationship between having a clear purpose and then having impact in society, right? And then how does that relate with performance and growth as well? Well, that's why I'm so glad you asked me to 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 speak in 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 your podcast because you know it's purpose craft cause is to enable people to develop the best companies and and the best companies are going to have the clearest strategic purposes and and it is it is ultimately about making an impact in the world and but our job first of all is to help people understand the subject better and one of the biggest areas of confusion is between just the simple idea of purpose and impact and this is easy to pull apart again actually if we think that if the company's purpose is clear then it can have impact so so impact and purpose are absolutely related because a company's purpose is the driving force behind the impact that it has so purpose divide the purpose defines the unique value that the company should be bringing to the world and that drives its strategic direction and the impact is the measurement of the, of the effects yes the impact is the result of the impact is the result having the purpose and the line yeah yeah and i guess the reason and you you cool. give me your view the reason that people get these two things confused is because they they have ideas of the impact and they start with the idea of the impact and think that that should be applied to companies uh, and in and in it that that's understandable because things you know impact purpose wouldn't be worthwhile if there weren't problems to solve right but to be you know to be clear purpose and impact are interrelated but one drives the other Mm, yeah, I like that relationship exactly. It's not the same thing, definitely not, but they are super interrelated. And one makes the other worthwhile so as are well. Are there any hope? What do you mean? Well, I mean, you could you see every company, arguably, uh, this is the other funny thing, as I, as I talk to more and more company leaders about purpose, what became obvious is that every company actually has a purpose because you wouldn't create the company otherwise. But that company, that company's purpose could be entirely self-serving. You wouldn't create a pub. Every company exists for a reason, in other words, right? That that reason may just be to make a profit from selling widgets. T-shirts. T-shirts. Yeah. That would be a, a, a slightly myopic idea of purpose. But the company does have a purpose. Is it making an impact? No. Is, and at the same time, is that purpose sick? Possibly not, because it doesn't extend beyond the T-shirts or the widgets, which have a finite life, attract competitors, and will eventually run out of mm-hmm. headroom for growth. So impact, impact is what makes a purpose worthwhile. And it also makes it strategic because you're relating that company to an enduring need that goes longer than the product life cycle. I love that. That's a really good kind of summary framework to be like, hey, what's the relationship between these two? And is there, are there any drawbacks of having a purpose? Like what's no, the dark side of no, having a purpose? Well, I think the only dark the only dark sides are to doing it cynically or wrong. There are many instances of companies that embark on so-called purpose initiatives, and really what they're doing, consciously or not, is developing a vehicle off to the side of the company that's in the name of purpose. And these companies are the companies that may encounter a backlash. So they may, if they if they do this publicly, they may be 
accused of greenwashing, for instance, or they may frustrate their employees by involving them in a purpose development initiative only to find, only for the employees to find that actually that purpose or so-called purpose has nothing at all to do with how the company actually competes. And the strategy is kept sacrosanct over here and there's a, there's a purpose over here on the other side. Th those are dangerous things to do, but there are no disadvantages to actually taking a strategic purpose that you've developed honestly based on the company's capabilities and history, and then taking that to the core of what you do. And it, you know, it, it, it can only really over, ever provide benefits of clarity of a pathway towards greater value. So uh, no, there are no inherent, no inherent drawbacks, but it is important that the way that you approach purpose development and implementation is with a thoughtful and strategic mindset. And that yes. in doing that, the, the whole organization is reflected in that. And that means that they practically need to be involved as well. So that, so a top-down answer rarely works. And so there are safeguards to doing it well. Even, even companies with the best intentions can, can set about doing this and then, and then find that they've shot, shot themselves in the foot by coming up with a great answer that nobody recognizes. Mm, yes. So is this exercise of setting purpose, is that the role of the CEO, the C-levels and the board? And then... Which governance structures do we put so that, that it cascades down to everyone? Mm, great question. So, the, so, I, so I, I would say that the ownership of the purpose rests with the CEO. And you can always spot the companies where that's not the case because the, the, the challenge of developing a so-called purpose has been devolved to somebody else in the organization. They may be in charge of people, in charge of human resources, sustainability. They may even be a chief purpose officer or a chief marketing officer. The minute it, the minute it leaves the desk of the CEO, if it's not driven from the heart of the chief executive, it doesn't govern the way the company operates. So and it has, it has to begin in a govern. Yeah. Mm. No, the keyword that you use, well, in my eyes, the uh, keyword that you used. Yeah. Was it hard? Heart. Yeah. Yes, because yeah. the CEO can think a lot about it. But I've worked with a CEO that he led with a heart. And you can see the difference, right? Like so right. when it comes from the heart of the CEO, I think people believe it. And then and why is that, do you think? Rather than just. Why is that? Probably it's because, yeah, because, well, I guess it's given that it's coming from the heart, it is authentic it's real exactly it's like the ceo owns it. it he believes in it yeah you trust in it you rather trust it. than He's not gonna oh this was an exercise he or she is not going to throw it away no exactly it's like he or she stands behind it and believes in it and that's why we're versus oh we got into a room and then we created the purpose of the company in a afternoon without really believing in it so exactly. it does make a difference exactly so so that's the answer to the first question But I think there were three, you asked two questions. I think we need to pull them apart a little bit because your second question was, how do we devolve it down the organization? And I think that is, so that's a natural, that's a natural way to think of a company as being an initiative around the CEO. Own the initiative in terms of why the executive team is embarking on that journey, why they're asking the company to go through it what they will do with the answer. But part of developing the purpose is to involve everybody in it because the purpose isn't the purpose of the organization unless everybody recognizes it. And so you can take this one of two ways. You can, you can approach it one of two ways. You can either develop it right up here at the top and then attempt to cascade it. And you ask yourself how many times you've seen that happen in companies where an idea has come from somewhere up there and then it's hit you and you think, well, I'll have to spend some time thinking about that and either I'll get it or I won't. And sometimes you might see flaws in it straight away. But one way or another, it hasn't felt like you've been a part of it. 
And if, yes. you, if, if you don't feel like you're a part of it and you haven't witnessed the evidence going into that or even contributed to it, there are, there are barriers. And, and so it's far better if you approach it the other way, which is to, which is to immerse people in the question and take them on the journey with the development of the purpose, such that the evidence gathering reflects the collective knowledge and wisdom of the employee base. And then when you get to the end, there's no cascading to be done. You're into, you're Not into, how do we take it to the next step? Everybody owns it. Yeah. And when you, sh- when you, when you show them the answer at the end, they're like, yeah, you've heard us. That's the answer. That makes sense. We were expecting and that. That clear, that clarifies it, everything. Yeah. And it sounds very easy, <laughs> but in reality, <laughs> in reality, it's not. Especially if like in a company like you did, like with 9,000 people, like how do you bring 9,000 people on board? If I struggle with like 10 people in the team, like how did you do it with like 9,000 people? One step at a time. <laughs> One step at a time. Yes, um, yes, and it, yes. And it's, it's, it's a great question. It's a great question because, you know, I, I think you can tell this, right? If you don't do it that way, you can believe the answer is just going to slide off. And so you really, if you want to maximize the chances of this not being a wasted effort, you, you can, in my advice, you can only really approach it that way and, and hope that you'll be successful. But the thing is, when you tell people that the company's going to do something special, it's going to try and elevate itself to try and find its best self, go from good to great mm-hmm. and have a clear focus. As long as you're sincere about the, the way that you'll approach that and you, and you abide by the, the principles of the approach that you set out. And as long as, as long as that does involve people and your transparency, transparency and inclusiveness are paramount. People will overcome their skepticism. And when I did this in the, in the company of 9,000 people, it was a company of asset managers, you know, so, you know, the, the people, people with the degree of skepticism to an exercise like this, the greatest requirement for evidence of anything. And also jaded from years of acquisitions. And so we couldn't have been coming from a more difficult position. People that mm-hmm. really didn't want to be in the same room as each other, let alone the same company. But in the end, we didn't lose anybody through that process. And and that was because ultimately they concluded rationally that this was going to take the company to a position where there was a greater opportunity than what they have at the moment, a greater opportunity than the sum of the parts of their individual acquired companies. And any rational person would think, well, that's worth giving a go as long as, as long as, you know, that they deliver it honestly. Yeah. Once stop, once people start to get involved, they, you know, it develops a snowball effect. If you know what I mean by that. So, you know, the, yes, because the, then a, it's a journey, a journey starts before the, the answer comes out. So there's a movement towards finding the answer and immediately is starting to be more purpose-driven just by thinking about the right questions. Mm, so the transformation starts oh, sound even in the process of thinking, as long yes. as you make it with the whole organization and not just with five people in the room at the top. Yes, that's, that's, where, that's where I think that's where extreme danger lies, where you, where you invest time behind closed doors. The one thing the leadership team must do, and they, they're at liberty to do this behind closed doors, is to decide that the initiative needs to happen. And the board as a whole in a larger company that has, you know, a, a sophisticated board would rightly ask the question of the executive team and of the CEO, is our purpose suitable? In, have we, have we sense checked our purpose? Is it implemented? Are we, are we periodically reviewing it? Are we measuring it? And if the answers to mm. any of those questions are not, then a purpose initiative would, would be undertaken. It would be appropriate. And the executive team should design that initiative and they should, and, and it should be clear, you know, why are we doing this? How will we approach it? What are the outputs going to be? What will we do with the outputs? That's their job. That's their job. But the, 
but the approach to delivering that initiative must be to include the whole organ in you know at some level to to the the, the critical success factor is that nobody feels that they were left behind the door when this happened mm, yeah i love that it's very inclusive and that's why it can be very powerful yes Yeah. So you used, well, you used many keywords right now, but the one that stands out was like, how do we measure it? Like mm. the board should be asking the CEO and the leadership team, yeah, we're going to do this. Then it's, like, how are we going to measure success? So tracking purpose, measuring purpose is actually not as complicated as it seems. It's uh, purpose. The purpose of the company is, is literally that. So When we think about purpose correctly, we think that is what the company is there to do. So actually, if we're tracking purpose, we're literally just tracking the company. So mm. it's, but the question, therefore, is what influence does the purpose have over the acti activities of the company? We should be measuring the, the mission and the strategic objectives. And the question is whether the purpose has elevated those to take stock of the impact on the various dimensions the company should be having. Okay. So by measuring and tracking the purpose of the strategic objectives through OKRs, for example, he can effectively monitor the purpose's implementation and impact. So it's not, it's not, you don't measure, you, you don't need to measure the purpose separately. It's certainly when you're implementing, when you're implementing the purpose, ensuring that you have measures around it's whether people feel that they've had adequate involvement in its development, whether they are clear on its outputs, whether they mm -hmm. feel engaged in its implementation. There are some initiative-specific measures of embedding the purpose, but, but once that purpose has been communicated, established, adopted, tracking its effectiveness is more, is more to do with ensuring that the tracking of the company as a whole is comprehensive. You know, so, so what purpose would normally do is broaden out the scope of the strategic objectives so that they mirror every aspect of that purpose, you know, in commercial terms, customer terms, societal terms. Awesome. You're, you're kind of like putting together a very nice framework. I'm looking forward to the end of the episode where basically I'll summarize everything and it's like, oh, cool. This is like <laughs> Simon's, Simon's framework to purpose. That would be nice. <laughs> yes, I will. I will. Don't worry. It's like, I will. I still like geeking out and I'm like, oh yeah, that, that's super cool. Okay, so if we, I guess like we've gone deep yes. when it comes to purpose as such. Yep. So now if we context, contextualize this and we put it in the context of fintech as an industry. Yes. What are your thoughts on fintech and purpose? Well, I mean, as I said earlier, I think fintech is a, and you tell me, tell me if you agree because you work in that space, but you know, fintech is an inherently purposeful space. Why? Well, I mean, I could, I could surmise there's a couple of good reasons for that one. It is, it's defined by a challenger mindset and entrepreneurs, visionaries, and people wanting to improve, improve the world through the financial lens, right? And, and the second reason that it's very purposeful, I use that word deliberately purposeful, not necessarily all with clear strategic purposes. That may be the headroom for improvement, but there's, there are many sources. It's purposeful because there are many sources of potential impact. And so going back to the thing that makes a a purpose rich and strategic it's those sources of potential impact isn't it you know so the the focus on you know the opportunity for financial inclusion which is still you know still a big challenge around the world and particularly mm -hmm. in certain regions affordability accessibility of financial services transparency sustainability so i think it's, it's i think generally it's it's a, a very rich space for purpose in terms of needs and in terms of mindset and culture so applying purpose in fintech 
I guess if we were to take that to the next level at a company specific mm. level, it involves applying the core values and objectives of a company to drive an organization and ensure that they're aligned with specific needs. I, I, I suppose the opportunity and I think the, the attractiveness in, in the subject of your podcast right here is, is, is because you're taking it, you're taking in some respects the most, one of the most purposeful business communities there is, but thinking how can we be, how can we make the best companies in that context? And one of the, one of the, yeah. one of the challenges with being in a very purposeful environment where you share many of the same purposes is that works at an industry level, but it may not produce the greatest clarity for individual companies. So, yeah. So, so when I, when I was working with the company that I mentioned, which is an asset manager, this, you know, I started interviewing senior investment folk about the purpose that they felt in their work. And they said, well, we, ha we already have a purpose, you know, we're here to, we're here to help investors meet their future financial needs. And I said, oh, okay. That's great. They said, they said, it's like a fiduciary purpose. And I said, well, well, that's terrific. I thought about that for a couple of minutes and I thought, Oh, so you're, you're a bit like a physician you, you know, who helps people meet their health needs. And they said, yes, that drives me. And I said, okay, we have a challenge because that's the same thing that everybody else would say in all the other asset managers. I said, so, so it's very, very valid, but it's, a, but it's a bedrock, right? It's a foundation. And so there are certain sources of impact that you all may feel are imperative to any credible fintech that's, that's moving, moving the, the financial world in the right direction for customers and, and, and individuals. But I said to him, why do you do this in this particular company? And that's a different question. Mm. What can this company do to move that situation all, all along to a different level with, with everything it has at its disposable? So how, how do we, how do we look at that purpose through the lens of your particular? And in so the so end, can the reason, I? yes, please. No, go. I want to hear the end. And in the end, I'll, 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 I, I, you know, why, why am I saying this? Because I was, I'm saying this because one of the things that, one of the things that that can get forgotten when discussing purpose and impact is, and, it, it, and it's not a very fashionable word, but it's critical to the value that companies create in society. And that is competition. Mm. Competition is what produces the best from companies, competitive pressure. And that's what, that's what, that's what causes companies to iterate and innovate. Yes. It's the reason why product life cycles happen. It's the reason why value in any given context tends to wear out. And, and so actually, and it's the thing that produces, it's the competition is the thing that causes companies to find separate ways of producing value, but it creates differentiation. If we're only, if in a given community of businesses, if in a, in a given sector, in other words, we're all focused on an identical purpose or a homogenous purpose, then all we can expect is homogenous companies. And what that does is mean that we may not be finding all the unique opportunities for value creation. So every company has a unique set of circumstances and a unique set of capabilities. And if it looks carefully at the landscape and the future of the world that it operates in, it will see things from a particular angle and see opportunities that are nuanced that it can approach differently from everybody else and they will and they will not deprecate from the fundamental areas of impact that the industry is needing to serve but it will find a way of contributing in a very special way to that i love that because then if we put that in the context of fintech and i generalize that it's like fintech as an industry our purpose is to help people with better financial well-being like you you could argue that every fintech will say like hey yeah we help people with financial well-being and everybody will say the same And they mean so, it too, right? They mean it. Yes, and we mean it, yes. But does that tell anybody working for any one of those companies, this is why my company is special? Yeah, and that's why should I, I should work for this one. 
for the other one? Or I, as a customer, where I should use these wallets or the other wallets? Exactly. The answer is no. At that financial well-being, we improve financial well-being level, it doesn't. But then if I paraphrase what you say, and correct me if I misunderstood, it's more of a how do our set of capabilities and identity as a company how does it place us in a unique way to help customers with financial well-being in a way that it's different, that nobody else is kind of touching the problem in that way? Yes, exactly. And it may be that you can, it may be that you see a particular opportunity to solve a particular aspect of the problem. Purpose should always, a purpose should always be rooted in a why, right? So, so if it just, if your purpose only differs at the level of how you approach it, that may not inspire any differently. And in fact, when we think about really enduring purposes, they're the ones that are grounded in a need, not a, or an approach. Yeah. But simply a case of looking in detail at those issues and thinking, well, what's missing in the current approach? You know, one of the questions in your script was around things that I would change in fintech, if I could change one thing in fintech. There are so many interrelated issues, uh, challenges within it, with a highly technical and, and, and high growth industry like this, you know, but there are, it's far more than generic brushstrokes, you know, interoperability is a big theme that, that may not go, uh, may not be very sexy, but actually that could unlock a, a, a heap of value. And when we see a lack of interoperability, we see consumers being disadvantaged, disadvantaged and, um, you know, dealing with hard up people, you know, dealing with underbanked and unbanked people. And, you know, when mm-hmm. we see, and uh, we see failings in interoperability, you know, forms that don't mesh with each other, for instance, in the, in the trans, you know, the money transfer world, we see people paying duplicate fees, you know, so now whose purpose is it to, to sort that out? Is, is that a purpose for one company? I don't know, but, but the, there are a labyrinth of lots of different problems. And I guess, I guess uh, one way to one way to sort of frame or, or to, to stimulate development of an individual company's purpose in fintech would be to think, well, we can't do everything. We need to have a steadfast approach to what we sell and we need to be watching out for things. But where are we actually really going to try and make a difference? Because, because you have to make choices and purpose actually is the highest level of strategy. And what did, what, what did the, I was thinking of the famous author that said, the hardest thing about strategy is deciding what not to do. Yes. So where is the exact focus for your company is the killer question for any company that wants to be truly purpose-driven is, is having that crystal clarity of focus. What's at the top of our pyramid? Well, and that's, a, do you think executive teams ask themselves those questions? Because I could argue that it's like if I'm a CEO or a founder or a founding team, that in your head you argue, yeah, 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 but we exist because we solve this problem. And yeah, we thought about purpose and value. We are our values and like our ABCD and we help customers and we do have a clear purpose. Part of me thinks that we think about it at a superficial level, probably not as thorough as maybe you have done with others. Well, I think it's, it's I agree. I think it's, it's, a human, it's a human tendency to think there's not a problem unless there's a problem, right? Mm-hmm. It's true that I, it's true that purpose doesn't often get really interrogated in companies unless the company is just starting out, in which case it may be crystal sometimes. Yeah. And the other time that it gets really scrutinized is, is often when the company has a problem, when it's run out of growth, it may have been disrupted. It's, its products may have run out of life cycle, or it may have tried to combine with another company and lock clarity. It's very rare that, that it is very rare that executive teams are proactive in the purpose. It's one of the reasons actually that Purpose Craft has joined up with an organization called the Non-Executive Directors Association. 
which is a professional body for NEDs who are obviously represented on portfolios of boards and, and have that role to challenge at the highest level of strategy and governance in, in the company. Because I think it's an unconscious acceptance that the purpose of a company is obvious. I think, you know, when I said when I said to you earlier that my observation is that, well, I don't think it's an observation, I think it's, it's, it's just the truth that no company would be formed without a purpose. It just wouldn't, yeah. it's implausible. You wouldn't go and create, you wouldn't go and incorporate a company without there being a reason for every company has a purpose. The second point, and I think this is quite ironic, is that if you ask a CEO about the purpose of their company, they will describe the purpose of that company often in terms of the product that they make. So it's not that they, it's not that they, there isn't a purpose to the company. It's just that it isn't very far sighted. And it's a challenge for executive teams because their job is to nine tenths of the time, their job is to keep the company operating, maximize its revenues, minimize its costs. And it's, it doesn't necessarily feel like it's in the, the normal stream of work to raise your head up and think, right, where's it, where is all this going? And so the rehearsed answers come to, come to the fore, don't they? And they're trotted out. And the question, I suppose, is, you know, which, which companies are being more proactive about thinking ahead? Yeah. So for all the other questions that are not proactively thinking ahead, but now they are like, like all this narrative, all this conversation that we've had, it's raising a really strong why we should stop and look at purpose properly. If we were to do that exercise, what set of questions can we ask ourselves? The question about the question. Give it justice. Yes. 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 Well, and, and there's, uh, that's, and these, these are, that's, that's a terrific question because, it, because the minute you open your mind to that, you can engage uh, anybody at any level of the organization in a, in a rational discussion about it. You know, the, I, I've got a few favorite questions that I would pose to any organization. I'd start with what's the core reason for our organization's existence? And, and in particular, what value do we bring to the world? You know, what, and, and can we really say that that value matters beyond the industry that we operate in? That's a big question. Because if it doesn't, yeah. it's doubtful that you have any means by which you can be sure of hoping to make an impact in the terms that you mean, in the terms that we mean. Second thing I'd say is how do we translate that into value for all of our stakeholders, including customers, employees, society, and shareholders. And the third thing in particular, how do our products and services contribute to the well-being of our customers and communities that we're taking it down to the practical level of what we sell. And to the point I was making five or 10 minutes ago, how do we differentiate ourselves in the market by embedding our purpose into our unique value proposition? Is it guiding us to be the best form of ourselves or is it a purpose that anybody could have, which is great in a general way, but may not lead to our fruition and success in it. And ultimately that isn't necessarily going to help other people either. If we, so if we, and if we don't excel and sustain and find the best form of ourselves, which does require differentiation and does require competition because that in turn brings the best out of all the other companies, then is it a strong enough purpose? So is it differentiating ourselves yeah. is a key question. I could go on. I Would you like some question. more questions? Yes, yes. Give me more <laughs> questions. And then, and then I'll tell you the feedback about that specific okay. question. So then, that, then I think it comes down to, this is where it all knits together. You know? So you're asking about tracking and measurement earlier. So I'd say, are our long-term strategic objectives aligned with that purpose? And do they guide our decision-making processes? Then how is our purpose reflected in the corporate culture, internal and external communications, employee engagement? How do we assess our progress towards achieving those strategic objectives back to tracking again? How do we ensure our actions are contributing to the organization's performance and growth and resilience? And finally, uh, and this is, this is probably not in the right chronological order, but how do, how do we, in, particularly if we're at the start of this journey, 
how can we involve all stakeholders, including our employees, customers, suppliers, and partners in the process of defining and refining and implementing our purpose? Because that's... Oh, I love that. Because if we're to... If we're to... If, if we are all, let's say we're stakeholders in your company, the only way we're going to recognize and support that is if, is if, well, the ideal way for us to accept and support that is if we feel intimate with it. So we've been consulted and engaged in it. Then there's all, then there's all the greater likelihood we'll recognize and support the output. How could we do that with customers, especially if it's a new company? Where you're still trying to figure out who your real customer is and how you're helping them and serving them. But at the same time, you want them to be part of the process of defining the purpose of the company. Well, I, so so I, I suppose it depends what stage of development the, the idea for the company's at. Being orientated towards customers is, is a good start, right? So if I were to share with you the very simple framework PurposeCraft has for defining company purpose, and this, this can apply... If the company is still just a name on a piece of paper and hasn't yet gone to market, or if it's fully fledged and having to review its purpose after many years, the purpose would always require three critical ingredients. One, we've talked about, you know, your unique company history and capabilities. If it's not, it's not founded on those things, it's not going to be your company's purpose. We talked about impact. So it's got to, the, the, the purpose has to matter beyond the industry for it to be something that resonates at a human level, but commercially as well, it gives it those legs to extend beyond product life cycles. But the third thing is a customer need. Now, either we're triangulating that customer need at the moment because we don't yet have customers and we're doing market research, and then later on we'll go and validate that idea and the purpose will develop. Or we already know who our customers are and we, we, may, use, we may use quotients of those as a sounding board. But the key, is, the key is to think about how best to represent, honestly, the interests of the customers, whether they're theoretical customers or actual customers, rather than just ignore one, many, many companies develop a purpose that's either completely ignorant of customer needs and all about impact or all about customer needs. And it really is just about product development and there's no impact in it. So it's about, it's about seeing how you can best draw input from through both of those lenses. Oh, I'm loving it. So as we, as we reach the end of the episode, where can we find more about you and PurposeCraft? We have a website. The website is called purposecraft.co.uk. Purposecraft is all one word, .co.uk, and uh, you'll find me on LinkedIn as well. Yes. So, yeah, most of that's, 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 that's the answer. Perfect. And then just as the very last question that I will ask this question to and at the end of every show, if you could change one thing, just one thing in fintech to make fintech better and have positive impact to customers, staff, and investors, what could it be? Well, so... I I will I will reiterate what I said earlier about the opportunity for companies in fintech to have particular unique strategic company purposes. I do think that's a headroom for improvement with a lot of fintech businesses and I think that will lead lead to their greater differentiation, fruition, resilience, growth and a blossoming in the industry but by more focused purposes focused on particular kinds of impact. If I if I if I were to move beyond that, then the, then my answer, as things stand, would be greater interoperability because I think that's a, mm. a, a, an underlying strategic enabler. Awesome. Thank you, Simon. 
Very I will welcome. not elaborate on that because you just finished like the perfect way. <laughs> it's been a pleasure having you in the show, Simon. Wonderful to see you again, Moni. Thank you so much for involving me. I think it's the very first time that I spent so much time thinking about purpose, but I loved it. Like the key questions that we have are, what value do we bring to the world? How do our products and services contribute to the well-being of our customers and communities? How do we differentiate ourselves in the market by embedding our purpose into our unique value proposition? And many, many more like, hey, how do our long-term strategic objectives are aligned with the purpose? Do they guide our decision-making process? How is our purpose reflected in corporate culture, engagement? So many topics that we've covered that it will even take me time to absorb this knowledge. So. To ensure that you do too, remember to sign up to the newsletter and you will get the summary of the podcast plus all the frameworks that we've discussed here. The real value summarized for you. And join me next week where we will have Julie, the head of product of Stashaway, one of the biggest investment companies here in APAC. They are Singapore-based and we're going to go through her career journey from a PM to senior PM, to how you go to a head of product role, what is it that you need to change? More importantly, then how do you start managing people such that we stop being very delivery focused and instead we start focusing on properly having the outcomes that we want for our customers? How do we set those OKRs? How do we go about understanding customer needs specifically for the investment world? See you next week. Ciao, ciao. Thanks so much for listening. Your time and energy means a lot. If you want to support the show, remember to give it a follow and DM me to get in touch. I promise I do respond.